Up and running, ready to rock, ready to launch. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man here with you. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us here. We've got high school football tonight on our network of stations right here on 94.3 The Game. 7 o'clock, it'll be Rose trying to get back to that 3A state title game as they will take on Hunt. And that'll be a game where Rose will try to avenge a loss last year. It was a senior-dominated Hunt Warriors team. But the Rampits uh, have uh, reloaded, and they do have some key cogs back uh, in JHR's attack for Coach Willie Bland. So uh, we'll have the call for that one for you here, 7 o'clock tonight, 6.50 airtime on 94.3 The Game. Over on our uh, sister station, Talk 103.7 WTIB, uh, kick his posterior Tommy Bass is back on the call this season. The best solo act you could find in high school commentary. Most entertaining for sure. And uh, Tommy will be back for another year of Edenton football. And uh, we've also got Havelock football back on our uh, sister station, 94.1 WNBU. The uh, inimitable Trevor uh, Donnell anchors our coverage uh, there for another season of Rams football Rams on radio, if you will, uh, as uh, we'll have uh, Havelock, another uh, from a team from the Big Carolina Conference, a uh, conference foe of Rose. That is a loaded, stacked, impact uh, league. And uh, we're getting ready, of course, for uh, week one of the high school football season. Had a couple of dates last night. Here's what we've got heading into uh, tonight, at least on uh, paper. Uh, of course, we mentioned the J.H. Rose matchup. They will take on Hunt tonight. That game right here in Greenville, staying with the Big Carolina Conference. Conley opens their season at Wilmington Laney. Newburn picked to win the league a couple of weeks ago by the coaches. They will play host to the always tough New Hanover Wildcats. South Central, a brand new head coach for them. Out is Andy Two in his assistant Kendrick Parker. And the ground and pound Falcons tonight going to take a trip down Highway 11. They'll take on the Kinston High Vikings. Northside Jacksonville out of the league, taking the trip down to Wilmington. Little bus ride down 17 to take on Hoggard. Inter-county matchup involving a big Carolina team. It is Southwest Onslow at Jacksonville. We mentioned inter-county matchups and talked about the Havelock Rams a moment ago. They, of course, have the former Rose offensive coordinator, one-time head coach of the Rams program, now back calling the plays on offense. Caleb Jackson back in the fold, and Havelock will play host to Croatan. I say inter-county there. That is one of those Craven-Carteret matchups, the CC matchup, and those are always really competitive and really spirited. So that's what it looks like out of the big Carolina tonight. EPC, which involves some of our local teams. Aiden Grifton, we heard yesterday from head coach Todd Light playing host to James Keenan. Farmville Central, picked near the bottom of the EPC last week by its coaches in the poll, will host North Johnston tonight. North Pitt at home. North of the river here in Pitt County at Bethel, they will play host to Martin County's Riverside, the artist formerly known as Williamston High School. One other in there, but Riverside at North Pitt tonight. And it is the debut game for ECU football all-time great, Green Bay Super Bowl champ, Bellhaven native C.J. Wilson. So best of luck to him tonight in his head coaching debut. Other games across the East we'll be keeping an eye on tonight. Beargrass Charter at South Creek. Bertie is at Northeastern. The Mayors of Rocky Mountain Tarboro, they have a friendly wager between them. They play tonight. Jones Seniors at South Lenore. Washington County will play host to Kip Pride. 
Southside makes the trip down to North Duplin. Northside Pinetown will pay a visit to Camden County. Of local interest back at the EPC, Washington at Pamlico County tonight. Coastal Battle has Swansboro at East Carteret. West Carteret and West Craven lock up tonight. Green Central will pay a visit to North Lenore. Quick trip for the Rams there as they take on the Hawks in the Swamp. Northern Nash at Southwest Edgecombe. East Duplin is at Dixon. High hopes this year for East Duplin. East Bladen's at Wallace Rose Hill. Richlands is at South Brunswick. Eight Man is Bethel Christian. Travels to LAAS. Richlands will take the trip to South Brunswick. Wilson County Affair is Bettingfield is at Fike. Pasquatank at Northwest Halifax. Eight Man has Hobgood Academy at Rocky Mount Academy. Northeastern North Carolina as Perquimans will host Manio. And then a 7.30 kick tonight for Lejeune at Pender. We should have gone to Pender. So that is the rundown for tonight as far as local football goes on this week one of the high school football season in the East. And we'll have coverage for you this evening. All right, we got a big show. Ready to dive into it. We're going to be talking to our pal Brian North. Another season of the Blitz. I think it's the best uh, Friday night highlight show around on WCTI 12, News Channel 12. So Brian North in conversation. That's later on. But first, when we return, we're going to talk about JP2. They're opening their season with a roadie out to the Piedmont. They'll take on Bishop McGinnis. Sean Murphy, their head man. Preview of their season coming up here on the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Shoot. Sean Murphy joining us. He is the uh, coach of JP2, the Saints, coming off a nine-win campaign. Coach, great to great to be talking to you and great on our video platform to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I really appreciate you guys having us and uh, excited about the new year. So let's talk about your team uh, this season. We'll touch on last season as well. I think with uh, the young man, Roseboro, Ryan Roseboro, you yeah. have probably the most um, – intriguing athlete in the area absolutely absolutely i mean ryan is uh he's now six one and a half he's 318 pounds uh again playing tailback something you don't see much on the high school level I, my guess would be ryan's probably the biggest tailback <laughs> in uh, all of north carolina possibly within the country so um but you know what he's athletic enough to play the position uh he's physical and um you know, we're, we're fortunate to have him. Where do you foresee him when it's all said and done? Because I'm sure he's going to get in the next level opportunity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that you is know, that more on the defensive side of the ball, you think? Yeah, there's no doubt. So everybody's been looking at him as a, as a defensive lineman, defensive interior lineman. He's got four Division II offers, uh, and he's got – you know, it's funny because he went to the ECU camp and I actually was there and watched and uh, I was really impressed uh, to the point where, I, you know, I, I thought he had a chance of maybe receiving an offer. Uh, he went up to Georgia's or went down to Georgia State and they liked him enough to tour him around campus. Uh, they asked for transcripts. Uh, he actually went to UVA, did the same thing. So they reached out to me right away. So I, I think with some of the division ones, they want to see more film on him as a defensive lineman. And with the transfer portal, obviously that's making things a little tougher, but uh, you know, he's going to play somewhere, whether it's, uh, you know, FBS or, you know, division two. Sure. And look, they give scholars at that level too. 
So absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? It's really with Ryan is it's really just finding the right fit. Uh, listen, you get as much as your uh, your um, academics paid for. Go to college, have a great experience, and that's really what it's all about. Uh, Coach Sean Murphy, JP two is is with us here. You like to run the football. Who else is uh, yeah. who else is factoring into that equation for you this season? We actually we have a a, a junior running back named Kevion Moore. Kevion yeah. uh, was our linebacker for us, played fullback for us. We're gonna use uh, Kevion Moore as a tailback spot, and uh, uh, he's pretty talented. He's uh, a worker in the weight room. Um, has a lot of speed, more so than I anticipated after uh, getting some times on him from uh, college camp. So we're excited about Kevion. Um, you know, we always have a slew of running backs because that's <laughs> we run the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of receivers because we don't throw the ball. But when it comes to running backs, so, yeah, I think a lot of kids have interest in our school because we do run the football so much. Bishop McGinnis in the opener. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a roadie. Uh, yes. And look, if you were playing women's basketball or girls' basketball against Bishop McGinnis, I wouldn't like your chances. But uh, no, me neither. And, and I'm, of course, I'm kidding there because they've got this awesome uh, girls' basketball state championship uh, chip tradition. But again, yep. I, I think this is one of those good matchups that you and Parrot, and we're going to have to mention Parrot here because I'm the yep. alum, as you know, and, and that's yes. that's a program yes. you yes. guys have uh, just so much in common. But. Um, how did that game come about? And is that a little, is that an eleven man game? Forgive me for uh, not knowing that off the top of my head here. No, it is. So what happens is, is you know they're similar to us in size, a little bit bigger. Catholic high school, middle of the state. So uh, I got to, you know I became friends with their athletic director. Actually, I became friends with him when uh, Bishop McGinnis played down here at ECU at uh, I maybe it was the regional finals a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. Had developed a relationship, uh, so we decided we're going to start this rival week one, play the game, uh, just home and home. Um, and again, they're eleven man. Uh, they're in the NCHA or the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Uh, they're a member. They're a one A school. So you know, we just thought it'd be a good good fit for us, good starting point for us. Uh, we're actually playing, I think, four eleven man games and possibly five because I might be picking up Ravenscroft. Wow. That's a pretty uh, stout yeah. opponent to be picking up at, 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 yeah. at some point. You know, what's interesting to me, um, and we've got Coach Murphy from JP2 on uh, the Saints last year uh, with a, a big run. They were undefeated uh, in the Big 8 uh, conference, finished 9-3. and three. Um, I thought the turning point for your season, and it was I don't mean from a winning standpoint, but it sure. seemed like maybe there was some belief starting to uh, encroach into your team. South Creek and Hobden. And now the Hobden yeah. game was a loss. Yeah. But you guys go on the road and play a pretty darn good Hobden team. Yeah. And play yeah. them tough on the road. And that might have been one of those added late seasons. I don't know. You, you'll know the story on that quite obviously, Coach. But uh, it just seemed like from that point on, you guys hit your peak. We did. You know, we were uh... – Hopton actually happened the day before. You know, we were we had a game scheduled for a Friday. I think there was a COVID situation. They were in a, something similar. So on a Thursday morning, I talked to Joe Salas, who's the head coach over there, and we put the game together. Uh, sent some each other film. Got one day of practice. Uh, played the game, and it was a great game. Uh, we actually took the lead with about two minutes left. 
and they run sort of a fast break offense, scored. And then we actually had the ball with about 30 seconds left and were, you know, a, a play or two away from actually winning the game. But it was, it was, it was a great game and it really uh, gave us a lot of confidence uh, going into the latter part of the season, especially against Parrot. Because Parrot's been a, is a strong team. Uh, they've been sort of the top dog in eight man uh, consistently. And I really think that gave our kids a lot of confidence uh, going into that team. Patriots are going to play their first three games, by the way, as an 11-man uh, competitor. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this, uh, Coach Murphy. Um, and, and, and you know, it's a question I've heard asked of Coach Beeman and others associated with Parrot. I'm sure you've been asked it. Uh, sure. As a proud eight-man uh, nose guard and goal line fullback of very <laughs> low quality back in the day. Uh, I, you know, I know, the, I know the sport. I played it. Uh, I know I've known for a long time, even before it became fashionable and cool, that this is pretty darn good football. So, you know, my uh, again, I cringe to ask you this, but is is are the eleven man games and the and the success, uh, you know, be it in the final result or not, but just from a competitive standpoint, is that a precursor of things to come? You think for JP two? Yeah, because you know what's going on right now. First of all. I have you know, eight man's been great. I, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy the game. It's fun. It's coached. a fun game. It's a, it's a great game. And I think it gets, um, it doesn't get the credit the game deserves. The level of play is very good. You have to be an athlete to play eight man football. Um, our kids have no idea whether they're playing eight man or 11. Right. Man. Yeah. Uh, the games are, High scoring, they're fan. I mean, the, the fans like it because there's not a six nothing game. You know, there's usually going to be pretty pretty high scoring. Um, so I'm I've I've become a big proponent, a big fan. However, our numbers are growing. So we're we have 45 kids this year. Oh wow! So nine through 12. So we're uh, highly highly considering transitioning uh, as soon as next year to 11 man. So just because of our numbers um, and we're growing, we're building a new school building. And um, it's kind of crazy because we ha- we've had several families in the Greenville area that reached out. And that's something that they're interested in as far as uh, playing 11 man football um, and coming to JP2. But that's that's part of now, uh, the attraction. If you do this, they got to know. Have some fuel in that budget because as far as those independent schools with the 11 man, yeah. I mean, the closest one would be Wake County. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So we're going to, we, we would be uh, doing a lot of driving. <laughs> now, one of the things that, one of the things, you know, we would continue to do is because I've really developed a pretty good relationship with Matt Beeman yeah. and we would want to continue to play Parrot because Matt's playing some 11 games as well. It's just fun to play those guys. And uh, I, you know, their coaches are all good guys. I like their kids. Uh, it's a good rivalry, and uh, it, it's it's good for the private schools in Eastern, Eastern North Carolina to continue that. By the way, I, I hear their uh, AD. He's an older guy, but he's a good guy is what I hear. I, I hear yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, him pretty well. I know him pretty yes, well, I'm as sure. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Real good guy, and I've had a chance to spend some time with him in some meetings already, and uh, – he probably knows more than uh, you know any of us who any any of us ads in the area. He's just got a lot of uh, contacts and uh, knowledge. So 
uh, he's been great to work with already. And like I said, I think, uh, you know, the people I've met from Paris are all good people and their kids have been great. So we definitely want to continue playing them as many sports as, as possible. And football will always be one of them. Yeah, it's a great rivalry. Uh, Coach Sean Murphy, JP2, they got Bishop McGinnis in the opener. Uh, an expanded playoff this year, too, for uh, yeah. independent schools at your level. So that's even, again, I think it, the more the merrier in a situation like that. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's more opportunities for kids to play in the postseason. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there's what they did is they merged both conferences. So there's the Big Eight, and I think it's the Colonial Conference, mm -hmm. which is a smaller, and they merged both for the state playoffs. So now instead of having two, there's going to be one champion, uh, which I think is good. And, um, you know, we're certainly excited about it. And from talking to you know, we had a coaches meeting yesterday, at the Big Eight Conference. I think all the coaches are excited and uh, lot, lots of good talent coming back across the board. And I, uh, you know, I expect it to be a uh, really competitive year. What is uh, the, when you look at the, the uh, things that need to be achieved for success this season for your club, what, what are they? You know, you know, we're, we return everybody on offense. So that's certainly, uh, you know, important. Yeah. Staying healthy. You know, everybody, every, every high school coach can tell you, you got to stay healthy. got to stay healthy. Um, we've got a couple spots we've got to fill in on the defensive side, but I think we feel good about it. You know, we're lucky as an eight man team because we, we have a lot of depth now, um, because of our numbers, uh, you know, having 45 is a huge advantage when you're playing a team with 18 or 20. So that's certainly an advantage for us as far as just having numbers, having depth. Uh, but, you know, just the biggest thing is staying healthy and, uh, you know, continue to grow and, and, and believe in one another and, um, you know, and stay mistake free. But I would say the injury part is, is – and that's a factor for everybody in high school football. It's just, you know, we, we've got to stay healthy. Great to talk to you, Coach, and uh, we'll catch up yeah. with you at some point during the regular season, I'm sure. But thanks for taking a few minutes with us here. Yeah, great. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, hopefully uh, having some great conversations with you guys in the future. And again, we're getting strong indications that JP2 has made the decision to play 11-man next year uh, pretty much exclusively. So we'll see how that plays out too, whether they'll play Parrot uh, and do that in an 8-man fashion or an 11-man fashion. Parrot's uh, had the ability to go back and forth on that. All right, uh, a timeout. When we come back, uh, a real institution here as far as sports coverage goes and now news coverage in eastern North Carolina. Our pal Brian North as they start another season of The Blitz tonight. We'll talk with B North after this update. Brian North, how are you? I'm alive. Alive and kicking. <laughs> Uh, Brian, like myself, this week when we're doing this uh, vacation, now I'm working. It's a working vacation at the Working Man's right. Beach for North. He's he's outdoors. I love this beard going, by the way. you, yeah. you Look, it, it's tough to pull the beard off. You pull it off well. Eh, I do okay. And then, so, you know, I'm the only idiot who starts it during the summer in the hottest months. And <laughs> the plan is to shave it this week. I, I take the week of vacation, and I normally like to do some – Really cool designs they won't let me on the air with. Uh, I have I have not been able to do that so far, but I'm taking any suggestions about uh, any sort of designs, patterns, or funky things to do with the beard. But it's it's got to go. It's starting to food is starting to get caught in it, so yeah. it's time to go. So, um, you know, I don't know if you're a, a a championship wrestling fan from back in the day, but the Harley race where it comes down and you lose it here, and it just comes down and it comes up around your mustache. <laughs> 
that, that was an old Harley race. You know, he was the big NWA yeah. champion. Right. So that right. might, and he was a legit tough guy. So that could be yeah. your, that could, uh, would you maybe consider that you lose this part oh, down sure. here and, yeah. you, and you come down with the mutton chops so they connect up to the uh, mustache. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I believe I've done that once already. Um, it's the old Burnside, mm -hmm. General Burnside used to do the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of those. Yeah. I did lightning bolts. Was it last year or two years ago? Um, this year I was thinking of doing like football designs. I don't know. Part of it is it takes time, right? The reason I start to grow the beard is that's because as much work as shaving it. So um, we'll see. Uh, you know, inspirational hit me at some point this week. I am uh, extremely lazy with uh, the shaving, so that's the only reason I, I have this sort of uh, disheveled-looking uh, facial hair. And and I, I, I when I get the haircut now, I just have them do it. I I pay enough to get them to kind of do some stuff. Oh, yeah, you're big time. Do you get the uh you get the straight razor cut? Oh, no, no. I'm not that courageous. But uh, look, that Radio Skrilla, that's some major stuff right there, as you know, Brian. Uh, the great Brian North, uh, WCTI 12. He's a news guy now. How's the news biz? Are you liking getting up in the middle of the night and doing news in the morning? You're great at it. Well, I appreciate that. I don't think anybody likes getting up that early. I mean, it's just one of the hazards of the job. But on the flip side, the good part is I'm done early and I get to spend more time with the kids in the afternoon, get some stuff done. So, no, I've enjoyed it. I, we've got a good morning crew that we like. Uh, we like to be around. We have some fun. Um, we're always trying to get better. I still get to dabble in sports. You know, we do sports in the morning again. We didn't do it for, gosh, 15 years. And, wow. and when I moved there, we brought it back. So that, that keeps me involved in it and fun. And we try to keep it fresh and updated. Where a lot of other people record their sports from the night before, I can do fresh stuff in the morning. And so that gives us an advantage and keeps me involved. And so, no, I, I've, re I've enjoyed it. I mean, I did it for family reasons, and the opportunity presented itself, and it's worked out great. I have zero regrets. Uh, not looking back, still get to do Friday night football. Kids are older this year, so I might be able to get out and, and do a few more Saturdays this year. So uh, still involved in the sports stuff, and that was important to me. How is fatherhood? You got two daughters, mm -hmm. which is probably yeah. some uh, uh, divine payback from the good Lord <laughs> against you in some ways. But uh, they're just adorable kids. I love catching yeah. up uh, with it yeah. on social media. But but how's the fatherhood thing going? The, it's it's great. They're terrorists. I call them the terrorists. <laughs> they are wide open. You are correct. It is payback for a lot of things in my life, including probably how I was as a child, because they don't stop. I mean, people, oh, you run them out. That's good. They'll be tired. No, no, they don't ever get tired. Never. They just keep going. And now it's a fight at night to try to get them to bed. The three-year-old is going on 13 and wants to stay up as late as possible. And every night it's uh, negotiations and challenges of trying to get her to bed. And so it's uh, a lot of payback there because now being, you know, the guy whose alarm goes off at 220, uh, her getting to bed is important to me. So it's a high stakes negotiation. So it's a challenge every day. They make me laugh like I've never laughed, but they uh, they certainly will challenge you as well. So the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, as any parent will tell you, uh, but I wouldn't trade it. I'm glad I waited for me personally. No way I could have done this younger. Uh, social services would have been at my house every week. Uh, so I'm glad I waited uh, and it's been worth it for me. My brother, who's a couple years younger than I am, has uh, a now seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And mm. in some ways, he's like you. But in other ways, he's like, because, look, we're not young anymore. He said, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could have any more because this is just, <laughs> you know, it's you reach a certain age with the uh, with the with the infant stage. It's tough. Yes. Hey, let yeah. me let me ask you this. Uh, are they they're just too young to take any interest in sports, I guess. But what what are they kind of interested in? 
Yeah, so I, I think there's, they're both athletic. They run. I mean, they're fast for, for young little girls. They, they get around now. So there's some athletic prowess there. All right. We haven't really got into a lot of sports. We do have a little basketball hoop, and occasionally, you know, they'll pull that out and they'll shoot at the hoop a little bit. They've hit some softballs around or the wiffle balls a little bit. But mostly they're just into running, having fun. They love Paw Patrol. They like dressing up as princesses. Uh, they like riding around in their cars. They are so competitive. I jokingly told my wife, I, I said, I'm going to start calling him Michael Jordan. You know, the legendary story of Michael Jordan's dad would ignore Michael or tell him he wasn't as good as his brothers. And that created his legendary competitiveness. So every time one beats the other, I call him Michael Jordan. Wow. You know, do better next time, Michael Jordan. But it's kind of backfiring because they become so competitive now. They race for everything. They want to be first at everything. So I've got a couple competitors uh, in my household, which is uh, going to be interesting as they get older. So there's something there, but we just haven't forced the sports on them yet. I want them to play golf because yeah. golf gets scholarships, and golf is the one female sport that I know they can make you, where you can make money. So, uh, so I will be pushing them towards golf. Whether they have the patience for it, that's a whole other thing, or the aptitude. But uh, that's my plan. That's my retirement plan right now. Is they will be on the LPGA tour in about 15 to 20 years. You know, I, and you know of my sister, you may have even covered her, but I, I always thought if she had stuck to, like, gotten into golf early and done it, because right. she's really yeah. good now. I mean, she can play. She probably would have been able to play professionally because of her athleticism. Let me ask yeah. you this. What, 25th year now covering sports in ENC or covering the Pirates yeah. at least, right? Yeah, my 24-year anniversary will be September 7th, so that means this will be my 25th year of high school and college football coverage. So, yeah, quarter century here in Eastern North Carolina covering sports. Dorky question, best, biggest thing that stands out from all of that. Just the big stuff. I know, I know from the news standpoint, all the hurricanes and the yeah. flooding of the TV station, and all that's probably right. the big TV story. And, I mean, you worked with the legendary Skip Waters, and I know that yeah. that was yeah. quite a relationship, and you worked with some other great legends. But, yeah. you know, just what, what is the sports Boy. side of this in 25 years? That's the thing that just stands out. Yeah, I think what happens when you when you live a long time, some of the earliest stuff is usually the most impressionable and still kind of stands out. You know, 1999, Hurricane Floyd, when it hit, that, that ECU versus Miami game at NC State will always be special to me because of everything that was happening around eastern North Carolina with the flooding, the team getting stuck in South Carolina, having to play at NC State, being down 21-3 to at the half, 24-3 to at one point, coming back and winning, tearing the goalpost down full moon, the just unbridled celebration by the fans and the players for everything they had been through. That's just one of those games that just still I get, you know, what Ruffin McNeil say, I, I got goosebumps. You can't, you can't fake that. Uh, you get goosebumps every time I think about that game. That was, um, that one transcended sports and that one meant a little bit more to a lot of people. So that's one that always comes up. You know, I was there when Dale Earnhardt died at Daytona 500. I covered Payne Stewart at the U.S. Open before a couple months before he died. Uh, so all that stuff was early on, but was so impressionable. Those first couple of years of local sports was still really important back then. We didn't have the cell phone video. Internet was still in its infancy. So uh, so local sports really still kind of was the appointment television and go-to deal back then. You know, all the state championships in football and basketball I've covered through the years have been important. But but that, that 99 game between ECU and Miami was just something different and special. You said to me once that uh, you'll be seeing this, they'll be playing this for decades, and that was you interviewing Tiger, and that was uh, kind of something they used. So you, you got to talk to Tiger early on, the, right there in Newburn. 
So, and yeah, 2000, was it 2000 or 2001 when Curtis Strange had his 10th and final charity tournament, he blew it out, right? Tiger, Justin Leonard, and David Faraday, he all invited uh, to the Emerald in New Bern. And this is when Tiger was in the middle of his Tiger Slam. He'd won the three majors. And in fact, the day before he flew to New Bern, he won the Canadian Open. And he had one of the most incredible shots of his career. I think it was on 16. He went over like two sets of trees and landed next to the pin to go ahead. So he won the Canadian Open, flew down here, and then he was hanging out. And he set the course record at the Emerald in Newburn without even seeing the course. He just went out and played it. It was an official record. Yeah. But he still holds the course record there of a place. He'd, and again, he just played at the Canadian Open and flew down here. So, no, he was at the height of his career then and got to interview him. And he was 25, I think, then. He was still a little uh, young. And, and then he had just been burned by GQ. He let them have all access, and they they published some of the off-color jokes that he told, and he felt like it sabotaged his character. So he was in, in media shutdown mode, so it was tough to get close to him. But he was good. He was gracious, and he helped us out. I remember David Faraday because this was in David's drinking days, heavy drinking days. <laughs> and he was drinking all day at the course, and I made the mistake of trying to get him live with me at the 530. Ooh, ooh. And, oh, the FCC, the FCC was called. They were on the hot button, man. He was dropping words that aren't allowed on D on TV, but he was hilarious. But yeah, when he, the, the filter went away quickly when David got imbibing. So that, I always remember that. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to get fired because of David Faraday <laughs> telling his off color jokes with, with four letter words you're not supposed to use. Could you imagine being a guy that uh, just moved to the area? Like so many people have, and you like golf and you go out and you just look up and you're going to go play the Emerald. And you, oh, I wonder what the record is. Cause you might be a pretty good golfer and you see Tiger <laughs> Woods there. That's just that's a, right. Right. It's a great a idea. A lot of people don't know it. It's funny how when you've been here a while and there's these young kids who think they know everything coming through. And I was talking with them one day and I'm like, yeah, Tiger holds the record. Like, what? what was Tiger? They had no clue uh, that it even existed. They tried to YouTube it. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's amazing. If it's not right there on your phone telling you, you know, you don't think it ever existed. But yeah, it was uh, New Bern in eastern North Carolina. I knew nothing about this place when I arrived here 24 years ago. And the, the sports knowledge history athletes that happens around here it's absolutely amazing and now it seems like everything that ever happens is somehow connected to eastern north carolina or north carolina you know the big the big telescope they just put up the web telescope the guy was a unc grad and from oxford he's got a school named after him yeah. like, there we go again you know the list goes on and on and on it's just ariel epstein's texting me all the time everywhere she goes she's running into somebody with some sort of eastern north carolina connection it's just amazing the threads that go through here, especially athletically. And then there she is. Uh, I mean, two or three years ago, she's on the set of the blitz yeah. and, and now she's on MLB and, and, yeah. you know, in, in Las Vegas. And, and I mean, what a career she's kind of found. She found a niche and she's yeah. taken advantage of it. Well, when, when I hired her and this is one of the few times they actually let me do my own hiring. And I just, I saw the work ethic. I saw the potential uh, she came here. She didn't always necessarily like everything, but she did it. She was a hard worker. And then when her contract was up here and she was trying to figure out what to do next, it didn't fall right in her lap. It took her a while, but she kept doing the right things. This is what I tell people all the time. If you work hard, make the right decisions, eventually something good will happen to you. And that's what happened to her. And now she's found that niche. She knew nothing about gambling. She had no idea. She'd never gone, uh, sat at a blackjack table. She'd never been to a sports right. book. She knew nothing about gambling. So she's had to learn all this stuff. 
And she's done so very quickly on the job. She was always a numbers person. Even mm -hmm. when she was working for us, she was always big into st statistics and numbers. And, and that is really, she's just fallen right into a perfect spot for her. Uh, if anything, now she just has too much time in her hands, right? She's, she's traveled around vacationing. She's always been a hard worker. So for her, she's working as little as she has or ever has. Uh, which is good and bad, but she's getting to travel and do all the things she's wanted to do. So she's fallen into it. I'm proud of her. Um, but it all goes back to hard work, right attitude and doing the right things in life. And, and so that's all I ever asked for somebody. You work hard. I'll find a place for you. We're going to have more with uh, our guy, Brian North coming up. So stay with us on the week. One of the high school football season gets you to the weekend edition. It's a mouthful of the Patrick Johnson show here on the game. Ryan North, WCTI 12. It is a new season of The Blitz Yeah, coming to Channel 12. Uh, give us the uh, time and the rundown and uh, kind of uh, for you, well, just first of all, the time and, and where folks can find it. So as always, we're trying to expand our coverage. And so it actually will be starting on Friday, Thursday nights on Fox at 10. We'll have a Blitz preview, same Ooh. thing Friday morning. Uh, more previews at, at the 6 o'clock. And then uh, we do a what we call a blitz pregame on our Fox show at around 1050. It'll be one or two games that uh, uh, we'll give you an appetizer. And then over on the ABC side, Friday nights, about 1110 is when we start. And um, yeah, it'll be uh, me on the set. We've uh, got Brett Kennedy out in the field um, covering games and interviewing our, our big coaching team. And so, you know, same old highlights. We usually cover more games than everybody else. Um, we try to have some fun and give you some knowledge you can't find anywhere else, not to denigrate anybody else. All the other high school shows are great in their own mindset. We just try to have our own little unique style and, and, um, try to give you something you can't find anyplace else. That's our goal every year, whether we accomplish it or not, I don't know, but we're going to try again here for year number 25. Well, I I'll say this. And again, uh, people get a little sensitive over this, but it is <laughs> in my mind, the best one. I think you do the best job. And I even put that up there with the institution, of uh, WREL's uh, thing. Yeah. I, th I think for your resources and uh, for uh, the time they allot you. Yeah, I right. think, And so I think it's cool that it's expanding. Do you yeah. get um, – I mean, I've done this a gazillion times. And this is, this is going to seem odd, North, but if I go to a college game, football or basketball, I'm less anxious or nervous maybe – uh, than I am for the high school, even though I've done the high school games literally my entire career. Yeah. If I go to a high school game, I, I, I still have a little different energy and, and yeah. nerves to it. So I don't know if it's what that is, but do you still get that? Or have you done it so much? I'm confident in what I'm about to do, but there's just a right. different nervousness and energy early on. My nervousness from, from that just comes in, is everybody else doing their job? Yeah. You put so much effort into planning it, and then you have to rely on other people to get to their games on time, get the highlights, get the story. I mean, we get invested in the storyline and okay, the games we're at, we can, we can get that, but we're relying on some people who don't even know football to tell us if a key player got hurt or if there was a key moment in the game, or are they just going to show us a highlight? You know, when we talk about trying to be different, everybody can just do look at Jimmy Smith running 10 yards for a touchdown. It's, do you know that Jimmy was adopted or from Kansas or a transfer from Oklahoma or that his mom's battling cancer. We're always looking for those little stories. So my anxiety comes from hoping that our crew will spot those things and I don't see it on another station or read about it later when we could have had the story that night. So my anxiety comes from wanting to put on the best performance, get the best information out there, 
uh, give you a reason not to change the channel. I know a lot of people do. They're flipping around, but we want to give you a reason to not change the channel. And so um, it, it's the nervousness just comes from the preparation and you hope it all all comes out at the end. And it never goes away. That's that's the thing. No. Never goes away. No. Brian North is uh, with us here. The Blitz, uh, a new season on uh, WCTI 12 around 1110 and then Fox uh, – Eastern North Carolina's got a preview, and they got a Thursday night deal now. So it's a yeah. whole—it's a whole thing with North. It's a whole thing. It's a whole, which it's a whole is good thing. because but, look, uh, there's a time as you said, yeah. uh, hi, the the sports guy in the local market uh, was the man or the woman, yeah. but but the man, yeah. and you know that went away, and it seems like now it's coming back, which is a, a good thing. And now you're having to do the, you you're it's a better mousetrap, maybe maybe not, but you've had to at least rebuild the mousetrap a little. It's a different mousetrap. Newspapers have been a big difference, right? Everybody could go and read the newspaper the next day. Okay, we'd get you the highlights, but you could get all the good facts the next day of the newspaper. Can't find that stuff anymore. And most newspapers, even when they go to the web version, will tell you game stories don't get many clicks. So it's getting harder and harder to find some of that information out there, which makes it more important for what we do on Friday nights. And then, of course, we go on social media and online, and you can find it for days afterwards. But the dynamic has changed quite a bit. And so... Yeah. And look, if, if we can do previews, if we, it all comes down to sponsors. And we're lucky to have a lot of sponsors this year that yeah. want to be on the ride with us. And and because um, money, it's still a for profit business and money is important. And if there are people who want to pay money for the coverage. We get to expand our coverage. Let me ask you who you like. Who are the teams to keep an eye on this year? Yeah. So New Bern looks loaded. New Bern's got a team that could contend for the 4A title. All those guys who have, uh, were, were freshmen, sophomores coming up through. Uh, K.J. Sampson, who is committed to Florida State, but is still getting offers everywhere. Aaron Herring, who uh, uh, could explode this year and get a lot. ECU's offered him. And they've got Dylan Wagner. They've got a bunch of just talented guys. So New Bern, if they can play some pass defense when it comes to the playoffs, that's what's killed them the last couple of years, second and third round of the playoffs. They get against a pass-heavy uh, team that they don't really see much during the regular season, and that's got them. But the talent is there for New Bern. Havelock could be between Havelock and 71st in 3A, but Havelock's loaded. They've got Javante Barine, who's committed to NC State. Andrew Frazier, who is a quarterback but will probably play safety in college. He is going to be great this year. Um, you know, Rose is – I thought Rose may have lost a lot, but talking with Will Bland, Rose is going to be better than I thought. Jacksonville is always good. So that Carolina, uh, that big Carolina 4A, 3A conference is just the top heavy again with what they have. And D.H. Conley with Isaiah Crumpler, you know, yeah. another another Crumpler coming through. That's an amazing story. Carl Lester, who was playing high school football before I was born. Yeah. And then in the NFL when I was an infant, had two sons who already played and retired from the NFL now has another son coming up through who has NFL potential. It's just a, a nutty, crazy story. But Isaiah and D.H. Conley could be pretty good. Washington uh, has got a good program there going with Perry Owens. So uh, Kinston, I think, is going to be decent. Wallace Rose Hill and, and East Duplin are two teams that are getting a lot of love. East Duplin. Um, uh, did I see something about you and Cade Kennedy? You're like bade, uh, best friends now? Well, we're neighbors. Um, we're beach neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, but he and East Duplin, they look loaded again with Battle Holly as their head coach. So, a lot of good top end football teams, I think, contending make deep playoff runs this year. Cade Kennedy, by the way, uh, one of those undersung guys, should probably yeah. be getting recruited at a higher level than yeah. what he is. Well, I, I like the Big Carolina 3A, 4A. I think that makes mm -hmm. so much sense. That That's one thing that Chapel Hill got right. I hope it stays 
in its carnation. I know the Jacksonville people and the Northside people may not be totally wild about it. Yeah. But, I mean, to me it makes sense because it seems like you've got the big schools in these communities playing each other. So it's always been hard for New Bern and whatever Greenville school is 4A, whether that's Conley or South Central or Rose, it seems to rotate now. But it's always hard because there's no other 4A schools for them to team up with. You either have to go to Raleigh, which with the bypasses may not be as bad, or you got to go to Wilmington, and they've done that. That's never been fun for anybody. But the, the 3A schools really don't always like competing with New Bern in certain sports, baseball and, and football being two of them. Basketball, they haven't been good, so they don't mind that. <laughs> but it's always – it becomes this competitive issue of who has more and is it fair, blah, 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 the whole fairness issue thing. Um, so it's all, it's been a debate in my 25 years here of where do you stick the 4A schools, what do you do with them. Regional rivalries seem to make sense. When they're in the same conference with Havelock and West Craven, although West Craven is too small to be in that conference now, but in the past they used to be. And the Greenville schools and the, and the Jacksonville schools, I thought it's always made sense. Greenville and Jacksonville is maybe a little bit tougher, but – uh, Jacksonville and that I love Jacksonville in that conference with where they are now basketball, baseball, and football wise. I think it's a great conference. When you get your clout uh, and weight behind getting forty three squared away, it'll be an easy uh, trip. New Bern to or uh, Greenville <laughs> yeah. to Jacksonville. It'll be it'll be a it'll, have, it'll be a I bowl so of fluffy ducks. I have so many back roads. We call it the wormhole because yeah. you know in a wormhole you can make up time if you know what I'm saying. And and law enforcement friends out there, um, you know, you don't have to go that way on Friday nights if you don't want to. But yeah, there's there's wormholes out there. There's ways. But I I wanted to do one of those social media posts of you know this is what it was when I got here. This is what it is now. Every road was like two lane when I got here, except for seventy and uh, sixty four and two sixty uh, sixty four was just being made into yeah uh, four lane fifty five wasn't even close. So there's it's what they've done to the roadways around here with the bypasses around Wilson and uh, Goldsboro, Nightdale. Um, it's been it's been great for sportscasters trying to get to and from games. I, I don't complain about the bypasses anymore. The other uh, conference that makes a lot of sense to me now is the EPC. They've gotten that one right, too, I think, yeah. with the three Pitt County in Washington and Green Central and, and you know, West Cravens, a little bit of yep. that outlier, but you got to stick them yep. somewhere. I think philosophically yep. that school lines up well with the other. So there's another conference that's kind yeah. of our, in our local area they got right. Yeah, and that con- it's always been good. Before that, it was even better because it was all the Lenore County teams and Green Central and maybe uh, some Wayne County teams. So they're all right there. They didn't have to travel much. And it's the same deal. It's, it's a little bit different, but it's the same deal now. There's always going to be – good conference fits for some schools and then bad for others. It's never going to be right for everyone. And that's the hard part where I grew up. We never changed the conferences. It didn't matter what the size of your school, you played people in your region. So it's always taken me a while to figure out this whole, we want to play somebody our size and we don't mind having to travel all the way to Wilmington to do it. It's never made sense to me, but you know, I I felt like I went back in time with the NCHSAA when I moved here 25 years ago and, and they're, they're still trying to play catch up to things that were do- being done in Virginia and New York uh, 25 years ago. All right, I got two little just bonus quick hit things here for you. Sure. Um, what is the big high – because you, you follow high school sports very, very well and, and do it in, a, in an intelligent way. So for that overall enterprise, what's their big challenge moving ahead? Now, if you ask somebody – like outgoing Ron Butler or, or you know, a county yeah. AD or something, they're going to give you some uh, answer. And I'm, I'm not knocking Ron, but they're going to give you some yeah. kind of uh, canned, yeah. uh, you know, uh, initiative du jour answer. 
but you're you're like me. You're, you're we're on the ground with these people. So what is yeah. what's the big challenge in your mind for that enterprise? Well, for football, I think it's numbers. I, I think we've seen declining participation numbers in football for a while, especially at the non-traditional schools. You get the schools that are embedded in football in Duplin County. I mean, that's what they do. Um, even in Craven County, but Craven County numbers are down. I just think it's the overall decline in football participation with, for some good reasons, right? The, the injury factor that's out there, the, the head issues that have been there for years. There was a second impact uh, concussion issue for a while with uh, uh, the young man from J.H. Rose. So there, there's some of those fears out there, but it's reduced the enrollment for football for the number of people playing. And so I think that's one of the biggest issues moving forward is looking at uh, how do you keep enrollment up? How do you keep it up in the youth leagues? Well, also staying safe. I mean, safety is the number one key. You don't want kids to be dealing with these injuries. So it's a how do you practice? How do you have full contact? But how do you avoid injuries? How do you avoid overuse injuries? So it's a constant development that uh, that coaches and players are going through. And that goes down to um, to participation. And you don't want to overuse kids. You don't want them there's been a real big push lately to not have year-round athletes, right? You want guys to do other sports because it's good for cross-training and it's good for your mind and mental health and all those other things. Uh, but football is a grind, and so uh, the, the declining participation numbers to me are the, are the long-range issue that they have to look at. I've always been friendly and friends with Cy Seymour. I've now worked with mm -hmm. him more closely in the last year, and uh, it's funny. you know. I mean, I have a dad that's around this age. Um, I have uh, Henry I'm on with at the morning who's of this age. I have so, so all all my buddies are all like near 70. You're uh, the young guy at the at the old man coffee I'm, I'm shop the, hanging I'm, out with Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. So let me let me ask you this. Give me a good Cy Seymour story. Oh my god. Well, I remember Cy Seymour when he was uh, when I first moved here, he had just finished up at um at Craven Community College. He was a great basketball coach, right? He had that program there one of the top JUCO programs in the state he was uh, just starting his tenure with ecu as their color commentator so anytime we call Cy and need to do a live shot he was right there he's probably the friendliest most wonderful human being i can remember going uh you know I, I've, I've been known to just sporadically get in the car and go somewhere to cover something and so when ecu was playing in the um conference usa tournament in cincinnati I just got in the car one night, drove up there to go cover it, and I needed uh, somebody to interview, and Cy was right there. So he's always been Mr. Reliable, the nicest human being ever. And it's not just in ECU circles, but Craven County circles. Everybody knows Cy or knows where he is. He shows up to high school games all the time. Um, he's had his heart issues through the years, and we're so happy that he's still around and changed his lifestyle to be, to be there. But, you know, his sons, he's got two great sons. So just a great family man, just a great example of, I don't know if there's one story that stands out outside of, when you call, Cy will answer, and he is Mr. Reliable, and he will not sugarcoat it. He'll give you everything you need. Sometimes I wish he were more negative, right? Cy is Mr. Positivity and always spinning a positive side of it. Uh, that's the only – but he is he is one of the greatest human beings you'll ever know. And I'll say this about Cy, too. I mean, if you need to get something done in Craven County, just drop Cy's yeah. name and you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. It's, the influence he has yeah. is amazing. It's it just – yeah, and everybody – he talks to everybody. He's got everybody's phone number. I, I get these random texts from side, just, you know, happy Thanksgiving, happy birthday. Ha you know, he's just, he's, he's that great communicator. All right. Coming up. It is uh, the blitz, a new season, starting with uh, our pal, Brian North from WCTI 12. He's a new stiff now, but he still gets fired up for uh, the blitz <laughs> and check him out on uh, channel 12 
11-10 as uh, the football season uh, kicks off and the blitz kicks off. It's if so, I can stay awake. If you Those Fridays awake. are a challenge now. Those I'm Fridays not, are a challenge. When do you sleep? I don't know. I don't, I don't know when so, you on Fridays, I'm supposed to go home after I get done anchoring, take get the daycare, and then take a good long nap. But last year, I was on the phone all morning long trying to, trying to figure out who would play because of COVID. Right? right, the games were getting canceled and rescheduled right up until noon on Fridays. So, but the plan is to go home and take a good healthy nap on Fridays. All right, I hope you do, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, Patrick. You're quite welcome. Thanks to uh, Brian North for being with us. Thanks to Sean Murphy. Big thanks to the Philip, the Ref, Pilkington, and uh, also Chris Cook. Uh, hey, tomorrow, don't forget, we will be on at 1 o'clock uh, right here on 94.3 The Game. We've got uh, for you an exciting edition of our uh, annual coverage of ECU Pirate Football Media Day. We'll be live, Terrence Copper and yours truly, and uh, our casts of dozens will be there uh, bringing you the uh, sounds and in some cases of our social media, the sites of uh, ECU uh, Pirate Football Media Day. Coach Houston's comments around 1.30, and then uh, players will be with us uh, for uh, about a 45-minute to one-hour window. And uh, we'll wrap it up sometime no later than 3 o'clock tomorrow, uh, bringing you the audio and, uh, and all of that. So it'll be a fun day tomorrow. Looking forward uh, to that coming up. Uh, ECU Media Day coverage tomorrow at 1 o'clock. All right, uh, stay tuned. When we come back, uh, we'll have some... Uh, some coverage for you. Philip Pilkington anchoring things for the uh, high school football season. Kind of a preview of uh, what to expect uh, from our local teams and uh, some beyond. Also, maybe a little bit of ECU thrown in there. Uh, kind of a bridge show to lead you into Rose football, which uh, will begin around 6.50, approximately 6.50 tonight here on 94.3. The game is the Rampants take on Hunt in the season opener. Have a great weekend. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. And, of course, we'll see you Monday on the Patrick Johnson Show.